0: There's demons, ghosts outside Screaming, you can run, but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside
1: Welcome back to Text Chris, Dave Saw Massacre. Happy Saturday to all of you who are listening
0: the day it comes out. And happy Alien Day to everyone else. Yeah, uh, it was the 26th A couple days back. We're a little bit late. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's close enough to our typical Saturday launch. We just, you're going to throw it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started this one year ago when we watched the first Alien movie. This Dave and Chris used, Alien? Mm-hmm. Should we do the little song? This, this day Christie. Christy. Yeah, we watched the first Alien and began this franchise on Alien Day, so it's like a big cultural thing. Everybody's watching Alien. Everyone's talking about Alien. Yeah. They uh, successfully manufactured a holiday around their franchise, awesome. which, kudos. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean, like, Friday the 13th gets a little bit of that. Halloween gets a little bit of that. Like, that's sort of the... Right.
1: The only franchise that doesn't have, like, a day lock, I guess, is Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, me yeah, who the knows? Only, maybe oh, the community the, the biggest four or whatever. Yeah, maybe the community has some similar we should know this, but um it, that's really exciting to do that. I feel like when we recorded this episode mm-hmm. um was the freaking cove Alien Covenant wasn't out. When I we think recorded that's the first right. One. I
1: think Covenant came out in May. Okay. So yeah, it was just like a month before. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it much. No, well, not during. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't have come out yet, so we wouldn't have had yeah. anything to say. Not even like, not even like a teaser No <laughs> expectations? Yeah, no, we were talking about all the different Alien movies that you could potentially be interested in on this day, but we didn't bring up the fact that it was coming out. Yeah. Huh. So and now that's something that you could potentially be rolling into your like Alien Day week, which is also cool that this holiday started... Um, holiday? This exciting fun time started from a 1979 horror movie mm-hmm. and a 2017 flick is part of the series now you know so you can roll that into your was it oh you're saying that it just it's still this going out of time yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. and I still think, an active series and basically.
1: neil Bloomkamp up until recently was still entertaining yeah. and playing around with the idea but i think he's finally come out publicly and said yeah i'm, I'm done with that I'm moving on from that fantasy. yeah
0: finally like they stopped dangling that carrot in front of, and i know kind of just like cut ties on that's with so our lives. it's so sad
1: it is that that would have been incredible and very different. Like I still I still do like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. It's not to me like as glorious as these mm-hmm. first two. Um, no. But there's still something interesting and special about it especially with Michael Fassbender's take on that nefarious uh robot Yeah. Robot guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, I like Covenant more and more as I think about it cuz I didn't love it um, yeah,
1: you came out with a pretty harsh review after you had. I seen
0: put it. well, I put it on my top ten. Like, I did appreciate that it was a really good like horror movie on screen. Mm-hmm. But like, as an alien movie, as like the story they were trying to tell, like it was it was very very simple. Like, um, it was more kind of to me about like just that effect of like the dust going in and yeah. like turning on into a full on alien. That was fun to watch. There was a couple cool, like, yeah. seeing them running through, like, wheat fields. Those all just very... That's
1: what comes to my mind It's just those...
0: And just the slaughtering nature
1: of just the little mini aliens that yeah, I yeah. thought was so pleasing to watch. Just vicious, sharp little things just yeah. tearing people apart. And yeah. it felt like pedal to the metal, that one. It you did. You know, it's like the second you breathe it in, you're kind of fucked within, yeah. like, an hour, it seemed. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Just right away. Yeah. It was very high-octane as far as the aliens worked, which is... A, drastic contrast from the beginning or from the very first movie. Right. But um I just found that like um it was a very isolated story well I guess they all are, but like the cast seemed small and inconsequential. Um it was it was basically Fastbender's movie to just be two characters and be kinda weird. Absolutely. You know, and you knew the twist the whole time. Like there mm. wasn't a lot of big reveal there. You know no. it was gonna be the bad one. I really do feel like just that and Covenant
1: are their own kind of like four hour mini side story you know what i mean like yeah. it feels like a companion piece to the alien series but
0: it is also like it is specifically prometheus like straight up hits prequel of the very first yeah you know series starting movie and while that one was kind of like really
1: mixed in terms of its reception mm-hmm. um i i was very excited when that one came out Me like too. i really I did. gotta admit yeah and just because it was playing into the prequel thing and that final scene of seeing kind of the newly formed Xenomorph and mm. realize that, oh, we just watched the origin story of
0: all of this. Yeah. It was very satisfying. It, it was kind of cool. It, like I um, When it was over, I'm like, whoa, they straight up did the origin story. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, ooh, should that have been a little more yeah. epic? Because I do remember a lot of it, but like they kind of hit the same beats of going into ships underground with the ice and seeing eggs. and like It almost felt like the same movie in some ways. Yeah. They introduced the weird, big, white, god looking things Uh interesting enough but i don't remember the progression of the story or the twists very well from prometheus yeah for me like i i definitely prefer it as a prequel
1: to even something like uh well not a prequel but like in terms of installing a new chapter into a classic franchise i definitely preferred it more to than like the force awakens like to me it got me more excited about Mm -hmm. adding more to the story than the reinvigoration of star wars take and it's yeah (laughs) and probably a controversial one but even like as as the star wars ones go on i find myself less excited like i'm less excited for in terms of just the expansion franchise i think it's a relevant enough topic but um, oh definitely yeah 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 like i'm less excited about even now han solo coming out like i I don't know if i'm overly excited to go see that i
0: haven't been excited for one second about han solo right see and that's saying a lot even like for you i love Star Wars. Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I don't like them trying to just cash in though. Like the, we knew Disney was going to do this. Yeah. So like I appreciate where um the main like new trilogy is going. I love what they've done with both movies. Like love is the correct word. I've seen both of them like half a dozen times or more. Yeah. Um I really really enjoy it. I think they're really great spectacles to watch and I think like they're awesome for Star Wars has the exact feeling I had when I was younger. Love them. But like Rogue One the hansa i'm just not interested like that that stuff you can do that kind of stuff with star wars but like it's got to be kind of this is my opinion as someone who's played all, like so many games read books like i love the star Knows wars very well yeah. yeah i love star wars expanded universe but like to just like Try to cash in on some star power and tell a little side story sucks, and I'm not interested. Yeah, even like I was, I was somewhat
1: duped by Rogue One. Like I went out, I was excited because mm. Force Awakens was such an exciting event. Yeah, and then it was Rogue One was a disappointment. Like it was just ultimately, oh, it just felt like there was just kind of they really wanted to supplement. Oh, why yeah. Why was the Death Star so volatile? Why did it have this kind of one weakness and deliver yeah. a great story and, and extend the story of bringing the plans there? It, just, it, didn't, it's, it's, it wasn't o- overly exciting. It's
0: opportunistic because they're like Star Wars fans are, after years and years, are curious about every little nook and cranny of the timeline. Mm-hmm. And when you got cool ones that you can show Death Star and Vader, you know, like put both of those things. Right, get, right. It, they're going to do it. It's gonna be disappointing because it's they're cashing in.
1: And is there more tangential ones coming up? Like, is there? Wasn't there like a
0: Lando one that they were talking about? Sure, because or probably Boba Fett. Yeah, um, yeah, Fett. I think is gonna happen. I don't know if they just did like a graphic novel or something, but yes, that will definitely happen. Um, there's probably going to be something about like um, the Mandalorians. There's gonna be Ryan Johnson's. Uh, oh yeah, his trilogy and everything. whole trilogy. Yeah uh it, yeah it's now that disney has it it will never stop but i think the benefit will be that we don't get the george lucas caliber movies uh. of the prequels <laughs> you know we're going to get
1: Yeah. But at the same time, it's not going to have that same kind of punchy event feel that Force Awakens or even this origin, like the completion of this trilogy, episode nine, Mm -hmm. that'll still have like this kind of feeling of a punch of concluding Star Wars as we know it. And now like with going to different ends of the universe, it's just going to feel like less exciting and less eventful as these movies continue to roll out.
0: Star Wars is unique in that way is they made one of the biggest cultural phenomenons ever. And then it sat dormant for a very long time. And when they finally reapproached it, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it felt like when Disney took it, it was a reclaiming. It was like tons of money went into it. People were sick of George Lucas and his like attitudes. So. I can see why that was very exciting, and but now that we're two movies deep and also two side movies into this new era of Star Wars, yeah. people are in it. It's no longer exciting. There's no more of that like honeymoon phase. Like now they're hit, like critical of them. Like fans are critical of them. Like they're any type of new movie. Totally, we're not. They're, you're not going to get that same everyone cheering in theaters yeah. once
1: characters show back up on screen. Yeah, and that was really special. I'm glad we got to experience mm-hmm. that with at least Force
0: Awakens. Yeah, and I mean. And uh, with uh, Last Jedi, seeing Luke with a lightsaber mm-hmm. fighting, seeing Leia, her using the Force, like those things evoke genuine emotions for me. Yeah, because I've seen those characters from the time of my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, they're deified in the expanded universe as well. Man, I love Star Wars Day. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to go back over the <laughs> franchise like this. But
1: as far as far as the future of Alien goes, I don't think there's any Alien movies on the horizon. Is there?
0: Seems like something we should Google.
1: Yeah. But either way, there's just so much cause for celebration with these original flicks. They're so rewatchable. You can always go oh, back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I could even go back and watch. You know, we usually ask the question on this Dave and Chris story, Would you watch today? I probably could watch the original Alien again today. Yeah. Um, could I? Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Thanks. what scene What scene comes to mind? Um. I think the, what what I see most when I think about the first alien is like the one like maintenance dude walking into the place with hanging chains yeah, and dripping fluids that huge giant, giant set yeah that massive set and like knowing that the aliens in there mhm I remember thinking like this is like so big this is so much this mm-hmm. is so like such a feeling with like the fluid specifically just stuff dripping yeah. everywhere
1: like it just usually with like sci-fi m- space movies, we're usually just in these kind of tiny, cramped, sterile, sterile dusty environments. Metal, yeah, yeah, like just small rooms mm-hmm. make up a spaceship. Yeah. So Alien might be one of those first ones that you have the
0: concept of a giant ship. Yeah, <laughs> where you walk into rooms and oh, this is like a warehouse in space. Well, they they steer into like you're exactly right. They steer into like the manufacturing facilities, like a la, um Nightmare on Elm Street like Freddy Krueger's dwelling. Mm-hmm. They've got those, like, there's chain link fence, there's hanging chains, there's, like, the sound of grinding machines, just, like, dust and and smog against the walls, like, black metal and stuff like that. It's all very industrial, yeah, the look. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, like, that just necessitates a big set. You can't do that small. Mm -hmm. You know, you have big cylinders and tubes and vats and stuff and conveyor belts. You can't put that in a cramped little space. Totally, but that's the aesthetic that they went with to give the alien places to like jump out of.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing that makes it so unique too is that it's just such a working class crew that is
0: out there doing it. You know what I mean? They're not.
1: Yes, they can fly a spaceship, but they're not like PhDs in astros. Like these are people who are just you know manufacturers who were yeah. there specifically to get resources that's like driving back home driving the bulldozer like exactly a spaceship they're not yeah scientists. it feels like a bunch of construction workers that yeah. are out there in the first one i can't even really recall the crew on this second one i'm excited because we we leave off at the end of alien with ripley escaping mm-hmm. in the pod with the, the aliens in there right yeah, <laughs> the yeah. cat yeah, yeah yeah and then was the alien in that pod with her and then she had to like blast it off or was it was the... in
0: the escape pod just taking a nap Yes. I mean, <laughs> that was a part of conversation. Blast it out. That it's we hang, had. It's hanging on the back. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then I think she completely gets away from it. Puts herself in a cryo sleep with the cat. Yes. And I think end. that's directly where we start pick up in this one, right? Is her waking up from cryosleep? She wakes up from cryosleep after some time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember this one pretty like Bill Paxton. You got to remember a little bit of the crew.
1: Of course. Yeah. Well, no, Bill Paxton's in the first one, wasn't he?
0: No. This is the he's, only he's in
1: this in, he's one. He's in number 2. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen this one more recently?
0: Um it, no, it, it's been a while, but I remember it very clearly because the security cats probably remember Aliens is the movie that scared me most as a child. Yeah, are you nervous at all to click this thing on? I think that if I was watching this movie, like we were just doing this podcast and I didn't have my history with it, I would watch it a lot more objectively. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it'll probably be a little more effective on me than it might have otherwise. Great. Well,
1: we got your security blanket handy
0: here, so okay, good. It should be okay. Yeah, I'm getting a little nervous.
1: This one was made seven years after the original, which is pretty Mm. impressive because Mm. the first one was a success. And if we go by a lot of those movies that came out in the those genre films that came out in the late 70s, early 80s, they were always quick to roll out a sequel. It's like within 12 months, boom, the next one comes out. This is a good studio move. So it's kind of miraculous that the studio held off seven years
0: and then let someone like James Cameron come in and be super ambitious with... A follow-up well the studio made some really good decisions so i mean in the first one like they um gave uh why can't um the director ridley scott R- Ridley scott thank you um gave ridley scott like a bunch of extra money after seeing um, some of the fuzz, yeah, yeah like what he could do and then when he had this idea for that final extra scene they gave him even more money yeah. signaling that they're like i don't know that they make decisions based on merit that's true maybe maybe
1: Fox was just very intelligent about this franchise in particular yeah and like but it it blows my mind that even you know James Cameron before this all he had done was Terminator the first Terminator and a sequel to an early Piranha movie (laughs) so (laughs) I mean like Terminator still came out like three years after the first Alien before he then you know entered production and committed to doing this follow-up to Aliens so they waited like three years before they even entertained the idea of yes this person is the right person to kind of take take yeah. the
0: reins on this, you know? So, Was, like, Ridley Scott, like, engaged with something else? I'm not sure at all. I'm not <laughs> sure about uh, okay. his level of commitment. But, but that, it's it, that's really cool. It goes from Ridley Scott to james cameron <laughs> and then from james cameron to david fincher yeah like david fincher's first one and these are
1: very early projects of james cameron and david fincher mm-hmm. i mean i i think david fincher's installment is less successful overall and yeah. i think he doesn't look back on it too fondly but it's still significant that this director who is now you know mm-hmm. a giant director yeah. um for film history that this is kind of his first installment it's as well aliens are proving ground for like up-and-coming directors yeah i was, forget i forget who does resurrection but i don't remember fourth yet. one yeah so James Cameron, of course, is going to bring just so much foresight and mm-hmm. planning
0: to a movie like this. Planning is going to be like the the biggest yeah. thing.
1: I mean, he's only. I mean, this one, if it was he was in pre production for a few years, he only seems to, as time goes on, take more and more time prepping for things. With mm-hmm. I mean, like Titanic took so many years, and then Avatar took another. 12 years after Titanic came out. Mm -hmm. And now these sequels to Avatar looks like they're going to take, you know, 16, 17 years after that first Avatar before they start rolling out.
0: He's going to have to like tell someone in his team or like a child or something or some writer, like his plans for the end of Avatar, you know, just in case something happens to him. And then like his legacy is left behind. Like this is, I don't know why I'm predicting his death. That's a terrible thing to do. But then his legacy is going to left behind for the Avatar movies which I don't know about you, but that disappoints me because I don't love Avatar. I don't love Avatar either, Mm -hmm. which is, it makes me
1: sad actually because he's such an incredible visionary filmmaker and he has done such amazing things. The Abyss, this Mm -hmm. Aliens movie, you know, even Titanic. Um, He's just like super, super ambitious. It makes me sad that he's spent, you know, 20 years of his life with just this one project. I'd be so curious to see him do other interesting science fiction things.
0: I I would love to see him do like a... Level the playing field, start over with a Terminator. Mm. Give them like a really good, like Terminator reboot or something because no one else has done anything good with it. Yeah, I, I, it just feels like such a dead horse at
1: this point. And I think there's a TV series now coming out, too. Another, right. another TV series? <laughs> Great. Yeah, but those Avatar scripts are locked. All four of them are written, they're done, and they're filming. <laughs> They're filming two and three together right now. And then they're going to be released, I think, year to year, back to back. And then there's going to be like a two, three year gap again. And they're going to film the next two.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. When we get to Avatar 50 or whatever. And who
1: knows? Maybe, like, I'm sure, like, if there's just something about a James Cameron release that is intoxicating and you just kind of have to go check it out. I'm yeah. sure
0: we'll see at least the second one in theaters, you know, just to get a taste. Of oh, it. I'll definitely see it in theaters. Like, just because... All the work that went into it, like I'm at least going to like watch it on the venue it's intended to be, like watched in, for mm-hmm. so I can shit all over it, you know. Fairly, yeah. <laughs> I know. It just, I, it just seems like you know he always wants to break new
1: ground in certain ways. Yeah. So it, it seems like it would be more logical that these ones would be released in VR or something like that. Like, you yeah. could only watch one of the Avatar, like the Avatar sequels in a full virtual reality experience.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Avatar One's going to come out in VR, like, you know, six months after. Re-release, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think, like, Titanic re-release in 3D made
1: more than, like, the vast majority of movies make at the box yeah. office. Like, it made yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars more. Yeah. Just and given did that, that 3D technology. Did,
0: did that, like, factor in, like, to just Titanic being how high it was on the overall, like grossing list because they just got passed by black panther right um so with that Wait,
1: black panther just passed titanic yeah
0: which is like isn't titanic almost three billion or a couple billion dollars yeah black panther is now the third highest grossing movie jesus behind avatar and uh star wars force awakens
1: no way are, are you talking domestic box office yeah. okay that'd probably be domestic not global because i think Maybe. i think avatar global is like near three billion or something
0: like that avatar is still is avatar still number one it's got to be, but yeah, Black Panther just took took a spot from Titanic in one one place or another. But pretty crazy, big and historic, pretty
1: crazy. Have you seen it more than once? Yes, I saw it twice. Nice. Does it hold up on the second time? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like uh, derivative. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've seen this before. <laughs> There's nothing new here. <laughs> Alien Day. Okay, right. Back um, to it. I guess we should go to a scare and tell then, huh? Let's do some scare and tell. Scare and tell. Uh, this week I watched 7852, which is a documentary on the shower scene from Psycho. Came out last year. And Whoa. 7852 refers to 78 shots, 52 cuts. Because they're just like, like apparently that shower scene was a week of filming. They just mm. spent so much time. God. It was so intentional. It was so overly storyboarded beforehand. He had like an independent art director come in just for that scene. He wow. was like, He was aware, and like you learn so much about just the significance of Psycho as a film, Um, Mm -hmm. and things like why he chose to shoot it in black and white, even though that was the era of Technicolor, Uh because he knew that he wanted to show a lot of blood, and that it wouldn't be palatable, or pass censorship laws if it was red. But in black and white, he could use chocolate syrup, and your brain wouldn't think it's as offensive. Ah. Just brilliant little things like this. Wow. But then also weird things like... He wasn't overly confident with it and was going to just put it on television and make it a one-hour movie on his Albert Hitchcock Presents show. And then studios convinced him, no, no, no there's there's something good here. You really got to lean into it. We'll Ooh. give it a wider release. Just wow. amazing little factoids about it um, with talking heads of... Just tons of directors and filmmakers that we love Mm -hmm. all commenting on its significance, and it's just incredible. And it it makes you like appreciate that film even more, and specifically that scene.
0: That is so cool. They made a whole documentary about one scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty stunning. It it was wonderful. I highly, I highly recommend it. And it's just incredible to see how much that movie really influenced. Uh, cinema in france and italy like the movie mm-hmm. goes directly into argento and is like sure. argento was inspired by this and then was able to do much more with blood and gore because he didn't have the same censorship laws in yeah, italy yeah. and then once those movies came out that inspired
0: all the slasher Whoa. movies of the 70s and the 80s so really like it really just shows the That's lineage domino number one and then exactly wow that is so fucking interesting dude yeah yeah yeah. it's <laughs> it's a wonderful wonderful little documentary We need to watch something like that On like i mean not the documentary but you know, like Psycho or something. Oh, yeah. Well, let's podcast. watch Psycho for sure. Let's, I want to watch...
1: There's four of them. We got to go through all of them. <laughs> yeah. But cool, cool, fun documentary and um, has your attention the whole time. Sweet. I recommend it. Yeah. You're, Check it out, Scary
0: Cats. You're liking the documentaries?
1: Yeah, for sure. I love learning a little bit more about um,
0: the genre that I love and yeah. especially specific movies. Yeah. I find it difficult to like sit down to like increase my knowledge like for an hour and a half. Mm. You know, I'd rather just like let it decay and be entertained <laughs> you know what i mean
1: yeah but i think i still think you would be totally stimulated by this sure. because yeah. you just more like facts about things that you love are being thrown at you so it's kind of sending endorphins and getting mm-hmm. you excited and
0: yeah more interested and yeah you know. okay Maybe I'll check it out. That sounds pretty sweet.
1: So we hope you checked out a, uh, an Alien movie a couple days ago, and maybe you'll join us watching Aliens today.
0: Yeah, hopefully you're just going through the whole series and just watching Alien and Aliens and Alien 3, just keeping it going, keeping it going, watch them all. Then you'd be the real hero. Yeah, so we got episode one for you. It was from last year, and here is uh, Aliens. Absolutely, and what a wonderful
1: thing to do pretty much at the halfway mark to Halloween. You know, Halloween is yeah. far enough. It's a, nice, it's a nice time to have a yeah, holiday you're right. like Alien Day.
0: That is a really good punctuating horror movie to throw in. Yeah. On your way to... Yeah, okay. I like that. Mm -hmm. So everyone get on the alien train. Let's have a bit of a cheers and watch Aliens. Cheers. I would never criticize this movie for its length because no wasted time, everything needed to be there. And, yeah, and it goes by really fast. It goes by fast. It it has nothing to do with that. But I will criticize the timing simply because, as somebody who wants to now talk about the movie, Uh seemed like the beginning of it happened months ago. So long ago. So maybe it's not even length. It's just, like, quantity of, like, shit they throw at you, like, stuff to look at. But every little scene is just so
1: intricate, and there's so much cool shit to look at. Uh, There's such insane set design. Like that opening shot where we go into Ripley's ship. And you have that yeah, cool scanner machine that's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in and it's shooting kind of the horizontal or it's, vertical rather the vertical like blue laser. laser going across scanning, it just scanning. Yeah, it's so cool to watch like this machine
0: kind of going before the humans to scan yeah. everything so creepy with that Like foggy stagnant air. Yeah, just like makes that blue line going across the ship And you know, it's it's a little sort of like threatening at first mm-hmm. and then the salvage guys come in go like well rat yeah, <laughs> there goes a savage. salvage. And is that because they're on a salvage mission, but they have
1: a protocol where if they find a human, then they have to get the human back? Or were they referring to the fact that they wanted to just keep the ship that they found?
0: Just like... Um, How'd you take that? Just leaning into like um, science fiction, pop culture that I've seen lately. Yeah. Like Rick and Morty, the concept um, in one of those episodes is that like you find something, you go and you take all the stuff that you want. Right. Uh, I think um, they do it too in The Expanse. Like, you just find something, and if there's nobody there, you get to keep it. Right. But if there's somebody there, and you're not a warfaring people, then... That's dang. unspoken kind of ethical code of yeah. future space <laughs> travel yeah. and collection. It's it, Finders, keepers, mm-hmm. transcends time.
1: Yeah. There's another cool uh, Star Trek episode that's very similar to at least how this movie starts, mm-hmm. where they just kind of go and they find people who have been cryogenically frozen by, like, a random program on Earth, like, 200 years ago. But they're like, um, oh, Earth is going to shit or whatever, so you can cryogenically be frozen. And then you'll wake up and you'll have all your investments and stuff will be worth so much more in the future. So these people do it and they come on, they're like, yes, I'd like to just, I should be under this bank account name or whatever. Just please um, pass over all my holdings to me. They're like, we got rid of the idea of money and property decades (laughs) and centuries ago. We have no need
0: for such things. Uh, Like, No, no, I'm supposed to be rich. Oh man, that that's great. Be, that's cool. What what series is that
1: from? Next generation. Next generation. Cool. I think it's like season two or three or something. Mm. I'm sure there's a scary cat out there who will be like season three, episode fourteen, <laughs> actually <and you're> completely <laughs> you badly explaining the plot. Po- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. The cat's in there Mm -hmm. Uh, because did they show that they must show that at the end of alien like the cat going into the yes she has the cat
0: still they both going together the cat's like hiding scared yeah 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 she gets him that's a a big satisfying moment yeah what's the cat's name uh, right anyway
1: Anyways, the, you were talking too about um, potential flaws with that in gen cryogen- being cryogenically frozen, mm. where you do have to put something in your internal organs, according to yeah. the Halo
0: fiction at least. Yeah, like um, Halo does a, a good job in the expanded universe in the books, like describing what it's life for, like for Marines to go in and come out of cryo sleep. And this is Dave's Game Corner, by the way. I want to play a game. Yeah. Dave's in the corner playing games. <laughs> do, 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 do. Want to play a game. Um, and uh, yeah, there's like. There's, like, this sludge that they cough up when you come out of sleep because, you know, your your throat otherwise isn't being lubricated. Right. Um, and it's, like, that builds up over time because it's, like, in the atmosphere that you're breathing in order to, like, you know, maintain all your organs, keep you alive. It's su- supplying you with nutrients and stuff. So there's, like, this residue. Yeah, Um, that would make a lot more sense that you'd need something
1: kind of hooked up to you inside the cryogenic chamber. Yeah,
0: because the concept in in cryosleep is that your processes are all slowed down. Right. You're not just like flash frozen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You don't just get flash frozen and then you're perfectly preserved until you unfreeze. Mm -hmm. It's more like you're super, super, super slowed down. So aging doesn't really occur, but there is still like your body still needs nutrients and stuff and you need to keep your heart and brain alive. And your hair grows just enough to yeah. be like absurdly big 80s look mm-hmm. that she quickly turns down. And they don't yes. even... But I very clean. Seen, yes. <laughs> so clean. Yeah. Look. That cryo that cryo chamber comes with like great shampoo conditioning mm-hmm. products. Yeah. That's where they spend their money. Not on nutrients and no. the atmosphere. It's no. in conditioner. We guarantee
1: you will come out looking <laughs> great. Yeah. You haven't aged 57 years at all. Uh, 67. 67? 67? I want to say 57 is it oh, reason, was popping in, in my I head. think you're right it was 57 oh. I thought it was 60 okay. what really stands out in that first act is how dated the vision of the future is in terms oh. of <laughs> uh-huh. like even overhead lights of so these giant fluorescent tubes mm-hmm. um, people are smoking everywhere sure. the, the fashion is very much of the 80s
0: yeah and even just that, like you said that like laser probe thing that comes into the, into the ship right at first yeah like that thing's like clearly like 10,000 pounds like a yeah. huge device gigantic to just like peek in with a laser yeah And even
1: when they're showing the colony there, um, when they're sending people out to explore the area, Mm. it's like humans who have to go out in this giant clunky vehicle instead of like some kind of a drone or a floaty thing to
0: just do that job for you. It's like every little family has their own version of like their space station wagon. Yeah, we were
1: were talking about when we were watching. Like that's something that's so cool about sci-fi is that um, you can always be able to tell roughly the age that a sci-fi movie came out based on the effects and just the technology of the future at that time. And And the the fashion. Fashion, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the fashion and haircuts at that time, Mm -hmm. too. And whether or not they're smoking. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That's another thing. Like, it's clear that everyone's image of, like, how life is is that you can smoke at any moment. Mm -hmm. That's very important to existence. So that will not change in space. In the med bay. They're in the medical bay. (laughs) And they're smoking cigarettes. Just blowing smoke into, like, a passed-out person's face. Exactly. What's wrong with them? Lung damage. <laughs> <laughs> the cause? <sighs> Unknown. <laughs>
1: How could this happen? Seems like years of damage. I'd be curious to know which uh like space sci-fi movie is the least traceable to the year of its release. You know, like the technology yeah. is so kind of
0: um Timelessly
1: yeah, presented imagined and bizarre that 'cause ever yeah. like even all these eighty ones, it's just giant Huge buttons that you have to press. Like, it's just so industrial looking. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you have that with 2001 A Space Odyssey
0: as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's like partially to do with like, What they have access to in the filmmaking, Mm -hmm. you know, like the background of the the visionaries who are making the images come to life. And this is the time when, like, a computer, like, took up a room. Exactly, yeah. So, they're like,
1: not only does it not only, it doesn't take up a room, it takes up just the size of a desk. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. What is that, a computer? It looks like a car. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's tiny. Oh.
1: Uh yeah. So I mean we get these amazing like landscape shots early in the film of the planet. They really remind me of Mario Bob's planet of the vampires, just Mm -hmm. the way that they're just kind of shot and the fogginess of the fogginess, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that like that's cool. Like I like that um they kinda get right out of the way that over the past like twenty something years they've been terraforming um this moon Mm -hmm. so that like the atmosphere is breathable. Which is really, really cool to be able to just jump into there's no like Big helmets covering everybody up. You know, we get to see just Marines in like armor and people's hair and just jacket. And just awesome excuse to be like, how can we just have them wandering around outside without having to worry about spacesuits? Yeah, yeah. And oh man, this movie's so great. You get, you get like space stations, you get ships, Mm -hmm. you get like outdoor cavey kind of stuff. You get weird like alien overgrowth, you get destroyed stuff, stuff that's like fresh and new. Like they take you all over the fucking place. They do. And they build everything from the ground. Like, Mm -hmm. so, like, dense and full of detail. Yeah, it's a
1: little strange to me, just to go to a more meta point of the movie, that Paul Reiser's character, um, like, he's pretty young, he's a pretty young dude, but he somehow had this nefarious idea from the get-go before they even had colonists land there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm curious about how long this timeline is of people oh. getting there to terraform it, to establish the colony and everything. Somehow he was the evil bad guy who all along the exit plan was to get that species. Right.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, how, how young was he when he started
1: well, making those kind of high level decisions?
0: Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's a diff- different world. A 20 something mm-hmm. is like at the top, like CEO level of like businesses right, and right. stuff. Um, but like my question, and I must've just missed it, but like, I guess what's ha- what happens with him is he tells the people at the beginning that like family with Newt who goes out to eventually find the eggs and the face huggers and whatever, mm-hmm. um, they're given, uh, a tip to go out and investigate the, these coordinates where they end up finding the ship. Right. So like, I don't know how he knows that. Like he was the one who sent it, but then they had that little discussion about like, I don't ask and they don't tell. So it seems like, from the get-go, before any people there have discovered these aliens, he's sending them. Like he knows something about the is location. Is it Paul
1: Reiser that specifically sends that group to yeah. those coordinates? Yeah,
0: because Ripley finds out. She finds out the uh, um, the log in the ship says that he signed off on sending, on sending them, there. them there. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, so maybe so it's like the timeline. There's where it gets a little foggy. It was like between when Ripley. Yeah, is it when Ripley speaks to them and gives her testimony?
1: Well, I had to like if I had to put it together, it would be something like that, or her him just like taking the logs from, um, the ship itself, like Ripley's ship. Maybe there's something on there, but probably the testimony. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that yeah, he somehow and they may have delivered that in the movie, but he somehow Mm -hmm. knows to send these people to where the ship was. So that was either Ripley had either enough knowledge of that in her testimony, or I suppose yeah, the logs of her little escape ship. And then
1: you have the weird um ambiguity of. Paul Reiser's on that committee that's kind of like assessing her and deeming her unqualified Mm -hmm. and and not really believing these, but at the same time, He, well, I guess that adds up because then he then takes those coordinates behind closed doors. Just let's send someone over there and see what's over there. And then they send them and then they just lose communication with the colony. So like, shit, there was something to that. We got to get her up there.
0: Yeah. And you can see clearly. um, So yeah, that must be what happens because Ripley shows up and they're like, we're taking away your flight license. But thank you for telling us all this information. Yeah. Um, And then very shortly after a couple nightmares, they're like, all right, so we're sending you down there, meaning things have changed. So it it makes perfect sense that... after speaking to Ripley, he then gives, t- gives them the coordinates to go check out. They find aliens, and they're also given um, instructions to save them. Yeah. They take those aliens, put them in the jars. Exactly. Um, so then that becomes the motivation behind the company's and, decision. And it's great writing, too, because
1: Ripley is on six-month... Um, psychoprobe. They have a specific yeah, yeah, word yeah, yeah. for it, so that's why she's in that cell, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it's like a cozy looking apartment, which I'm like, I could live there. That's a nice little tight space. If I had to live in space, this little space apartment. So she's sitting there, and it's clearly some time has passed because she's kind of bored and melancholy and mm-hmm. hanging out with the cat. Yeah. So clearly, like within, uh, but six she's months... working. She's
0: working uh, in the loading dock. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what she does. Ah, uh, because she can't. She doesn't have her license to fly anymore. Uh-huh. So she she's yeah doing load isn't work.
1: that once she's already on the mission when she's he going does, in the no, she sh-
0: suit? that's when she shows them that she can do it but okay. she actually has a conversation with, um, with Paul Reiser about um, how he's like I know you've been doing this in the meantime but you know you should right, instead right, right. go yeah totally and that's another thing that kind of stands out this like you have
1: to suspend your disbelief that 57 years have passed <laughs> yet technology has not changed so much that Ripley isn't completely capable of using all the machinery yeah. weapons yeah. piloting the When's the last Dork time you lo-
0: you moved one of these industrial loaders? Like, mm, geez, I guess it's got to be over 50 yeah. years, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to
1: do it because I love the idea that she's been just locked out of it for 57 years. It's so, it's so cool and haunting mm. that her kid is just has died of old age. Yeah, essentially. That's rough. That's yeah. a rough
0: way to get the story
1: started. Yeah. And mm. interstellar does an incredible, that's one of the only moments I really remember from interstellar when Matthew McConaughey just kind of goes down to the planet for mm. five minutes where, because of gravity time yeah. Yeah, is yeah. way faster. And they get stuck down there for too long, comes back up and gets like a message from his daughter who's like an adult. Yeah, yeah. 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 Crazy. And I
0: only remember that because you just said it.
1: (laughs) Remember very little. (laughs) It's not that that, it's yeah, it was really disappointing. Yeah. Unlike this one, which really
0: fucking holds up after thirty years. Unbelievably so. Holy shit.
1: One of the greatest blockbusters ever.
0: Uh, one of the greatest blockbusters potentially like, is there a better sequel? To right, like right. Any good movie, like, because there are some movies that come out, like the first ones, like Anne, and then the second one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that's happened a few times. Um, they there's, say like uh, Godfather, sure. Godfather Part Two is is up there. I can never think of them when I'm put on the spot, but if, of course, uh, I'm sure I'm, there are more. <laughs> yeah, Friday of 13th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth, Friday Thirteenth for sure. Thirteenth. Um. Yeah, yeah that's
1: gonna go down as one of the greats. <laughs> what I love so much about this as a sequel is that it's like it's very much the same plot and story being continued, but it's a very different kind of movie from that first one. Yeah, the first oh, one yeah. is like it feels like a one-room horror movie. You have mm-hmm. a very small, limited crew, and it's all about just yeah. that tension in yeah. like a very kind of tight, enclosed space. This one is a much bigger world. Mm-hmm. Right out the gate, James Cameron knows we can't just have one creeping around in there we've already done that yeah. so you really often see them you never see just kind of one alone except for the queen at the end it's mm-hmm. always a horde of them exactly
0: <laughs> they upped up the fucking annie in yeah. this movie um so yeah that i could jump all over the movie for where there are points like maybe with like the turrets aiming down the hall or Ooh, when they yeah. see them coming in the the ceiling but just like you're saying like rather than there just being one thing that when in the creepy. Um, the creepy buildup, it's revealed that it's in the room with a person. Yeah. That's when you get that moment of jump scare fright. But in this one, like they're just constantly squirming towards you. So like the, uh, the bullets running out in the turrets, like applies the same pressure. Like all these things make you feel like they are closing the fucking, mm-hmm. they're banging on the doors. Mm-hmm. Like the threat is so unbelievably real. Yeah. You know, it's not somebody's and, just going to walk in and it's going to be right behind them and grab them. It's like they are fucking closing in.
1: And it's not just a cheap tease that James Cameron sets up, but the second when they close in, you have, like, fucking
0: nine of those dudes jumping
1: yeah. in the room with them, hopping all over. Yeah. Like, it looks incredible. You've got all these puppets yes. just flying around, and, and it's like, you're shocked.
0: And he's blasting them apart, too. Yeah. Like, you're seeing them get hit with bullets and their arms and fly off, and chunks of them go everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, like, buckets of the acid spill out onto people when it does happen. Like... There, you see so much alien in this movie and it is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, they are so convincing. The suits are so good. The lighting is always great. They're always coming out of some closet or at the end of some corridor. Yeah. Like... The ball is never dropped, like when because there's so many of them, you know. Like that doesn't hinder the effectiveness of the the xenomorph creatures.
1: Absolutely, and there's so many shots of them that are just so iconic that, like, what we mm. used to do is on our Facebook group we would pick our favorite shot, looking For, shot yeah, from the movie, yeah. and we put it as a banner. This one would be impossible, because, yeah, because like instantly it comes to mind, like Newt under in the layer beneath with the water, and then the alien tail just shows up. Yeah, yeah. that moment is amazing so good yeah uh-huh. uh, and the one all the aliens jumping in at the same time is amazing ripley in, in the, the yellow suit oh yeah the, 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 the door opening like this is just such a cinematic film mm-hmm. yeah, they, yeah
0: those images are just like each one of them could just be a poster absolutely line the walls of my room like yeah fuck is such a solid fucking story uh-huh. visual presentation sets score gore like each each
1: each like special effect is done so well and he, yeah. you you could just go buy it and it's not like there's just three or four scenes that have intense special effects no, it's no, like no. scene after scene after scene for two and a half hours yeah of the most impressive things even like when um uh what's the bishop? what's the bishop yeah when bishop is like in half you could yeah. do just he's in one spot the whole time Leaning over but they have him dragged across he, they... he,
0: Yeah he, he The typical we even spoke about this a little bit while Watching like it's just the kind of timeless effect Somebody is in the floor yeah. but you show The bottom half of their corpse Exactly so that you know they're moving And alive but they don't have a bottom half mm-hmm. real easy They're just standing underneath the floor in This one the airlock opens and they're getting Dragged out like the atmosphere is venting And he slides while moving And making sound like uh, uh Sliding along the floor just uh-huh. his half corpse Body and they do it so perfectly because they start the shot with
1: him having the full view so he's clearly in there half up yeah and he's kind of moving around starting to struggle then they cut to a, like a close in of his face as he's being dragged mm-hmm. so they can clearly just that he doesn't have to be in the floor they don't have to do yeah. the effect of the cor- top of the corpse moving along yeah but then they instantly cut to him being half in it again but further down so your brain thinks that you saw the top half drag across when really it was just like this brilliant trick
0: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go so far as there like was almost a wide shot where you could see him moving Sliding on the floor, like I, could, I
1: think this is the trick that it played on you. We we should watch
0: it again after. I hundred percent like will. Because uh-huh. in
1: those cuts, I think the cam, the bottom of the frame is mm-hmm. just above the top of the it's, torso so, so, he's like walking along. They're definitely sliding.
0: flirting with the bottom of the of the screen That's there. It. Like it's to go back to my
1: scare and tell. Like this yeah. is what um they talk about in the Hitchcock doc that she mm-hmm. never actually gets stabbed. There's no penetration of the knife into the body. But the way that every kind of shot is done. Everyone is
0: convinced that they saw her get brutally stabbed after they had seen it. Just like a flip, but like flipping through one of those like little cartoon things. Movie magic. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. uh, It just tricks the eye.
1: But also, I love, because I was also thinking about that doc and what you can get away with with censorship. Mm -hmm. There's no way that a movie like this could get that big of a wide release and have a human being ripped in half like that. Oh, yeah. But because it's an android and it has white blood... You and
0: milk. You yeah. can
1: rip a human. Essentially, you're like tearing him in half. It's the goriest yeah. thing ever. And but... they just
0: show you his, yeah, his like terrified, torn in half, like and they, torso. They, they get away with it because yeah. it's not a human. Yep, it's so brilliant. It is, and it's like disgusting to watch, and it is so, like just agonizing. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, 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 lift it up slowly. The music is just so much, mm-hmm. it's just pressuring you with sound, and then just torn in half. Yeah, and you recognized him. I don't know how I didn't either. From Pumpkinhead. He's he's the guy from Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Yeah. Lance Hendrickson is the actor's name. And yeah, it caught my eye when I saw it, but I couldn't Uh make the connection. Because it's a very different performance. Yeah. It's when he's crawling through the tube Mm. and the light is up on his face. Right. What a creepy looking dude. Right. Like Pumpkinhead. (laughs) Speaking of those tubes, like when they're in, not that
1: tube, but when they're in just the ridiculously sized air vents yeah. and the aliens are crawling after them. Oh, yeah. It really brought to mind Hellraiser when they're showing, remember the one other creature that we didn't give a name? That looked just so oh, yeah. cheap because it was floating, and the legs are just kind of—it's pressing
0: its legs against the side of the thing, right? To,
1: right, for to keep it up. But it was like kind of floating, and yeah, we didn't like the, the, the physics made no sense. The physics made no sense, and that was a year after this movie. The yeah. physics looked fantastic for the alien crawling. Yeah. The aliens—they
0: yeah, got this like parkour kind of like look totally. to the way that they move. So it's like acrobats in suits, able to just jump on all fours, kind of from like mm-hmm. ground to wall, and it's just. Did, so gross and like did he like light.
1: not sleep because like the practical effects
0: are so so good in this movie? Oh, they're unbelievable! Like, um, one of the best effects nearing the end when we first see the queen laying eggs. Oh my god! Holy shit! And it that looks was like insane. a quarantine tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Like the eggs are kind of that coming through. Big, long, like semi-transparent, like yellowish thing and And then went
1: to start with the
0: like the end of the tail where the thing is just kind of shoot tail like Like an elephant snout or something that's like shooting those eggs out just like where the egg is pushed out of that final like exit point and to have that be the introduction to like well what is this attached to you know yeah it looks like jellyfishy kind of like it's really gross and then yeah that pans along this horrible long it just keeps going creature and then she like it starts with the creepy she's surrounded by eggs Mm -hmm. like godzilla yeah, exactly. One, one of my favorite. We joked about paying over and seeing Matthew Broderick yeah. tiptoeing around, <laughs> telling them. That'd hilarious. Wait, uh, what the? <laughs> um and yeah so then that's terrifying and then it you see one laid it pans up along this whole creature's huge body Mm -hmm. and then with that zooming out reveal of it like looking up with that huge crest behind its head and its arms coming free and then it starts like telling off the the bodyguards like get out of here she's gonna burn us up
1: you have so many like layers to the why it's so terrifying first of all just the size and look of it that's so scary then when you realize that this is like a more intelligent version. Like we, yeah. up to now, we just understood these aliens as non-communative, just yeah. kind of rageful, just go out and kill, eat, you know, just multiply. Yeah, Bill like Paxton, less conscious
0: he says it earlier, like the power goes out. It's like, they cut the power. It's like, well, they cut the power. They're animals, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. So like, this is the first moment where you get that confirmation that, they can communicate with one another. Yeah. And those ones are essentially taking orders from the queen. This queen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause she's like, she's queen so O'Morph. possessive. Queen O'Morph. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. She's like so possessive and concerned about just the eggs, like her children. Yeah. 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 And she takes it as a threat when Ripley kind of puts the pilot light of her flamethrower towards yeah. one of them. It's great. It's they like, do Guys, it. Guys, back There's off. There's a little back. standoff. Exactly. Yeah. And we all, we all know those tropes from these kind of movies. So yeah. we fully get what's happening yeah. in the scene.
0: And by the way, this is all just like, the little cherry on top is that Ripley is walking around with a cool ass double gun. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. taped a flamethrower to the pulse rifle and is just switching back and forth. Yeah. And then she as very, very video gamey just opens up with everything. Everything. She fires all of her rounds, shoots all the flamethrower fuel, shoots the grenades that are loaded into it, and then oh, throws the bandolier of how grenades. how satisfying
1: are those those grenades that she's
0: launching into? Yeah. the queen's sack, and yeah, it's like you could see like almost like what looked like yolks or not perfectly formed uh-huh. versions of the eggs, like oh, spilling out through those holes, just
1: like like gushing forth water, just yeah, yeah. flowing out. So that whole second last act, because it's oh, like God. even yeah. if that was the last act, that last act that would be incredible, but mm-hmm. he, he still has more, and it's just as good yeah. and exciting. Exciting. but that oh, whole yeah. the way that whole second last act sets up or sequence is so video gaming like you said mm-hmm. like it has a whole sequence of her loading up the ammo learning like about what ammo mm-hmm. is like how much is on each thing yep. and it's like showing you as the player okay i've got these weapons i have this much mm-hmm. i have this additional like magazine of yep. grenades and i'm going in and you're literally going down a level as if you're going down into where the final boss yep. is and then it's just you versus that final boss
0: yep and in that circumstance where you're like You're nearing the end. You know, all of your side characters have been whittled down. You have this one final objective to save the little girl. And you get into a room that's just full of every kind of weapon you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know what to do in that room. You load the fuck up. And the next time you see a big enemy, you use every goddamn bullet because that's what it was for. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what she does. That to me is like the most satisfying thing. She doesn't save a single round or grenade or anything. No, she's like, I need to spend it. it I need to confirm the kill. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So that's so those three layers of those three effects of cinematic terror. When you're seeing just how big the thing is, um, then when you realize that the thing is intelligent, Mm -hmm. the third one is when you realize that this queen can detach from her egg-laying device and still survive and be an independent creature. So once that tears off, you realize, oh shit, this queen isn't like dormant like you'd imagine a queen. Of like an ant or a bug yeah. kind of colony, but it can detach and it's coming after her.
0: Yep. It turns from a big like um location based uh-huh. threat. Like you get into the den, now the den is where you're in danger. And then it's like now it's a pursuer. And I just wish so much that we got a cut of the alien in the elevator going up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <With> elevator music <laughs> playing, like and the alien be like like, like pressing the button aggressively (laughs) hoping that it goes faster yeah just super annoyed (laughs) tapping its face (laughs) come on come on come on and then we get to our final sequence and Um, i guess it just grabbed onto the bottom of the plane or in some kind of yeah Socket underneath underneath there. Uh, some kind of homage to the first one exactly where, you know Sneaks it was on. hanging on to the back by like a rope or whatever yeah trying <laughs> Water to climb skein. back in yeah <laughs> this one is, yeah, it's yeah space game so hanging on or whatever and the it must have been underneath because that's sort of the reveal we got of it when exactly, it tore yeah. a bishop in half mm-hmm. it, was, it just spikes him with the tail which is right awesome it's great lifts him up with it just so terrifying hmm ah uh, that guy's a great actor he is
1: great, and great performance. I mean, we we need to. We'd be remiss if we didn't go into detail about Bill Paxton's insane character, <laughs> and it's it's so good because it just it presents him as such just a bro-y...
0: and a lot of them are oh yeah, just yeah. kind of y over the top dudes. Who... Yeah, they're talking at the beginning about like all the different colonies that they went to do stuff on, and like yeah. you know, hooking up with the locals and like high fiving every time they say something.
1: Yeah, but it's great because it's showing that these motherfuckers get killed first, like they're yeah. total idiots. <laughs> yeah, and it's the calm patient mature people who are going to mm-hmm. su- survive the shit much longer oh yeah but bill paxton's so funny just because he's so Overly confident at the top and overly like laissez faire about this whole thing and like yeah. doesn't give a fuck. And then the second shit starts to go down, he is just the most vocal freak out. Falls apart.
0: Yeah, <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> he picks up a piece of the ship when it's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, man. Like, game over, man. <laughs> game over. <laughs> like, we're fucked. Like, doesn't even,
1: he can't even like try to problem solve. he yeah. just goes into panic mode instantly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, when the aliens are approaching them, like it from the ceiling. Yeah. But they're like, that would mean they're in the room room yeah, 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 yeah. so like, we're gonna die man it's like that's so not helpful
1: <laughs> it's amazing that he transitioned from the 80s into doing more leading man grounded type roles like in twister and apollo mm-hmm. 13 yeah because this one and weird science is another one right from around the mid 80s where he just plays super obnoxious characters yeah. like yeah it's like that was his calling card for a number of years and why you'd cast him in a movie
0: well that's the mark of a good
1: actor who like doesn't
0: get like typecast like that yeah he was able to like, get it. out of that yeah yeah. yeah yeah good for him that's awesome totally and he, he as like annoying in theory as he is he's just a fucking entertaining dream on the screen so entertaining would, in, in a
1: room it would be unbearable but the yes, exactly with other characters that you know are going to deal <laughs> yeah. with him and put him in his place yeah it's it's so enjoyable
0: when he shoots the little face hugger, like when mm-hmm. they're in the the med lab yeah one gets shot and then they throw the other one off of ripley and he shoots it he's like i got it it's history man <laughs> It's Everything history, has to be man. such a catchphrase. Yeah, exactly. And that this movie is all about like those poster images, catchphrases.
1: Yeah, and that's what makes it such a a great blockbuster, yeah. like such a great popcorny summer. Yeah. And it is. I, it's definitely too scary for kids. Like, how old were yes. you when you <laughs> watched this movie and were traumatized by? Uh, it? I, I, was I
0: seven? Eight, I, uh, I, don't eight. I don't know if
1: I talked about this on the last one, but um, James Cameron was pretty angry. This came out recently. He was pretty okay. frustrated when he didn't get the rights to Jurassic Park when Steven Spielberg made it because he had a whole vision he really oh. wanted to get the rights oh my God. and it just it didn't end up happening for him but then after he saw the movie he walked out and he said no Steven was the right guy to do this like dinosaurs are for kids and kids should have ownership of them and wow. this is a movie that kids could actually watch and enjoy and be scared but not terrified by I would have gone way creepier It would have gone way darker and oh of course like look at Aliens he We would have made dinosaurs terrifying
0: we could have got a terrifying dinosaur movie <laughs> that yeah, would
1: have been amazing I feel like we have it with this I feel like yeah. Aliens essentially yeah, yeah.
0: scratches that itch oh does it ever yeah they're just creatures we get different ver- versions of them yeah. yeah yeah you're
1: totally right this makes me want to rewatch the abyss which is essentially his follow up i think maybe he did terminator first terminator yeah, 2 first yeah, yeah yeah and then the abyss but the amount of like care
0: and attention that goes into this fucking movie unbelievable yeah kind of makes me like want to like back off a little bit from like my criticism of him investing so much in avatar. Oh my god. You know, like like oh you work really really hard on putting these things together. I think we can do both. I
1: think we can call bullshit on avatar and still like say that he is a phenomenal filmmaker. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh
0: yeah. There's no doubt there, even though it's annoying to like be stuck with avatar when I'm not that interested. Yeah. There's no complaints about the quality of his filmmaking. I'm so glad we saw, we watched this today just to remind me how incredible of a film this is. Yeah. That, that's sort of where I'm left is like, mm. that is stunningly good. Yeah. And everyone knows this, like this is us. Like, oh, yeah, of a, course, you know, a revisited moment from the last time we watched it being like five years ago or more. Absolutely. Um, Fair, like fair on us for going like holy fuck! <laughs> have you
1: watched this recently? This is insane. But again, I don't even I don't even feel the need to like have to rank to be like oh aliens is better than the first one. There's because they're such different. Yeah, they're different subgenres almost. Mm-hmm. Using you're still using the same kind of space horror yeah. and creature feature. But you're doing very different
0: things with it. Yeah, there's like a slow-moving mm-hmm. terror in the first one, and there is an adrenaline-filled yeah. terror in the second one. And maybe the third one tries to do something a little
1: different too, because I think it goes even more into the future. And there's a prison complex on yeah and,
0: 426 and then they start. It's it's about like combining the DNA with other stuff, and so you get different like iterations of. Do you the, in the third one already? Is it? The, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then fourth one goes a little off the rails, I think, but I remember yeah. liking it. I like them all. As a kid, yeah. yeah I, I like all the movies now. At the time, I was traumatized. But, <laughs> and, and specifically the time uh, where, Scaredy Cats, where I fell off the movie exactly when mm-hmm. I was younger, and it was enough to traumatize me for half of a year. Um, right, yeah. What was the moment? The moment is when they, um, beginning with the, like, you can't fire your bullets in there, that whole sequence um, with Ripley driving the car in and them, them mostly getting wiped out. The acid getting on the one guy, him shooting the flamethrower into the car, like, mm-hmm. all that sequence, and then them driving away, crushing the one alien. I was like, that was it, that was done. I don't, I didn't remember like them driving back.
1: That's amazing because that's kind of like that's kind of a valley. That's less of a peak. Like you kind of you overcome a huge tense scene, and things are kind of starting to calm down at that moment. And that's when you're like, that's when you check out. Not at well, the height of tension, but it, at like a moment of a breath.
0: Well, I, I, that whole experience, they basically lose. That's them going in all confident, mm-hmm. and they get their asses handed to them. And that that's the part in the movie where, like, this is what the aliens can do. Yeah. And I was like, I have had enough. It's <laughs> so funny, because I, I think of
1: movies that I couldn't get through when I was super young, too, because I was too freaked out. And it's always, like, at that first act, where it, it just... You mm-hmm. get first introduced to the evil, and it seems so impossible to overcome that your imagination as a kid is like, they're fucked, there's no hope, there's no anything. Yeah. Whereas, if you stick through the movie, you can see... The resolution yeah. and it may empower you to be less scared of the thing exactly yeah. but by leaving early you're almost <laughs> left with like a more terrified impression of that film yeah
0: the movie to me was aliens kill a bunch of people and have acid for yeah, blood yeah yeah and <laughs> that's bad
1: <laughs> speaking of that scene where they like run the car runs over the alien i was thinking at that point and even at the movie as a whole at how much christopher nolan i think has been influenced mm. by this movie in particular. I okay. think a lot of the shots, or his cinematographer, because a lot of those shots of that vehicle going through the thing reminded me of
0: the, the Batmobile. Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, it yeah.
1: reminded me of Dark Knight specifically.
0: Totally. The way that it's shot, the way it's that. shot like facing the front of the front vehicle, of the car. but it's kind of. It's going at a slightly
1: tongue. slower speed than the car, so the car is still approaching you, but the yeah. whole thing is moving forward. Yep. He, that is right out of yeah. this. Yeah, and kind of scraping against the sides too. You can yeah. see the Batmobile doing that. Yeah. And then even the time lapse thing at the beginning where the kid You're ends up right. aging,
0: that's from Interstellar as well. So I feel like this must have been a big film for him. It has to be dude good like investigating there i would not have seen that but that's fucking exactly it does kind of look like a clunky batmobile yeah kind of does and also but it's also kind of cool like it's got a cool sort of like corvette lamborghini look to it yeah Yeah.
1: it's appealing and again i think that's just because it's shot brilliantly
0: yeah but they they kind of get the best of both worlds in that they have the big huge clunky what we can all identify as like a space kind of driving car machine vehicle Mm -hmm. and then they've got a cool ass looking like military like load on the plane like insertion vehicle. Like You're right. You're it, totally right. It's really sweet. And they show us different like like drop ships too, uh-huh. you know, like they show us the space station, like they've created a lot of really cool like art concept artwork for like what Um, things in the technology in this universe looks like
1: absolutely and And, it's one thing to like have incredible design of a creature incredible design of vehicles that are flying around incredible mm -hmm. design of a planet but this thing checks all the boxes like it it does all of
0: that guns their armor that they wear like as space marines like the really great like the way that their little eyepiece comes down and that's how they're able to see like infrared yeah like that is all very cool, and it's not timeless at this point. Like, no, this is the thing we we're talking about earlier. Even how big and clunky and industrial all those weapons are, like those yeah. those giant like Gatling gun looking things. Those were fucking so cool. That and like this is a small thing, but that and those guns that have those the mount right on the person, yeah, and the the laser thing right in the first shot, like the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Those two things, like they seem to me like maybe inspired by like film equipment. You know, like, and there's, like, lots of rail stuff, too, on the car. Like, how the, mm. the turret on the top of the car has that, like, rail. And so, the gun itself, when they're going into, like, a short tunnel, the gun, like, goes onto the back so that it reduces the height of the vehicle. Uh, those, those the technology there looks to me like, you know, equipment that you would use for, like, cameras.
1: Are we saying the technology is
0: <laughs> a comment on
1: filmmaking and Ripley, we are Ripley the audience? <laughs> And the aliens are our lust for cinema that just will destroy us in the end. And Bill Paxton is
0: seven-year-old Dave. (laughs) Freaking out. It's been the Tex Chris Daves on this. See you next time. (laughs) You just fucking boiled down exactly what it is. Wow. (sighs) What a blast, man. That is an incredible fucking movie, so the, happy fucking Alien Day. Happy Alien Day to us all. Revisit this one. I know <laughs> I know, Alien Day was a couple days ago, but it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, do yourself a favor, revisit this one. Yeah, and if you really, if, you know, this is an important... Uh, day for you alien day you're probably not able to watch all of the alien movies in one day mm-hmm. you know all play all the alien games that there are like if you really get into it you'll be doing it over the course of a few days we're with you absolutely so if you want to watch a
1: more claustrophobic tight tense one if you want to really be like on the edge of your seat maybe more the first one if you mm-hmm. want to see some if you want to be totally entertained and yes to see some crazy ass sets Yes, everything. Aliens. I, I don't have very much criticism for this at all. No. The only, the only thing that stands out is just some aspects of the datedness. Like, it's yeah. it's going to be increasingly more jarring seeing people smoke cigarettes, I think. Especially yeah. in just like, airlocked places. Yeah. Like,
0: kids will see this like,
1: oh my god, why are they smoking? Yeah. <laughs> is is this that okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Um, you brought up the game when we were watching it as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Alien Isolation. Yeah, yeah, so that I imagine is more like the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Alien Isolation is like kind of the first success in an alien like Mm. game Mm -hmm. in that you have one big xenomorph that's pursuing you and you're mostly hiding from it Mm. and yeah it'll just you're creeping down a hallway and it'll just slither out of a vent near the end of the hall (laughs) and you just gotta yeah you just gotta like hide and you kind of are looking over your shoulder and you see it like sniffing around and just like in the first one when ripley's like backing away from it Mm -hmm. like trying to get to like um when the ship's coming apart and she's trying to get back to the escape ship or whatever yeah like just that like you see it you get real quiet you back up real slow and then you fucking run i would love to just turn the lights off crank up the volume and play the game just like dead space like
1: perfect Uh, and freak yourself out kind of video game
0: yeah dead space is like one of the best homages to like horror in general alien isolation specifically the alien and running from it is so effectively terrifying it might be scarier nice do you own that one uh No, but I should. I should own that one. It's you should. One that way I fucking can grandest. borrow it from you and not <laughs> yeah. pay for it. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, let's go to some Instagram comments. Instagram, Instagram comments. comments. So we got a comment here on our Instagram post about Southbound Ooh, hmm, by um, Wisteria Werewolf. Wisteria Werewolf. I like it. Um, The hospital scene was amazing. Yes. Such a good movie. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I think about that all the time. I can still see that guy who looks like David from The Office. I, I straight in. a picture David from The Office. I, me too. It's just it. easier. <laughs> <laughs> just squeezing the lung, the blood coughing up.
1: Oh, under the pretense that like this is going to yeah. make this person survive. Yeah.
0: yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, so fucking good. Totally agree with you, Wisteria Werewolf. And we have another comment on
1: Southbound by art underscore by underscore Tammy. And she says, Descent movie. Descent movie? Descent movie. So I think decent she meant to say <laughs> I think she meant to say decent movie. Okay. But you said descent movie. Okay. Which it's not really a descent movie. I guess you kind of like descend into mm. hell. Ooh, maybe that's what's going on. I doubt it. Me too. <laughs> Typos <laughs> Happen to the best of us. It was a decent movie. It was. Yeah. That's how I would describe it, I think. I think you're right, yeah. Overall, I think it's a decent movie. It's decent. Not
0: amazing, yeah. but decent. Yeah, and then specifically like that hospital short sure, is <clears <clears <throat> Yeah. I think about that a lot. I love. You responded that. really well to that one. Yeah. Well, scaredy cats, happy Alien Day. It's been another episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm David Stoneborough. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And you better believe, as always,
1: Chaos reigns,
0: chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Queenomorphs love their eggies, chaos reigns.
1: See you next alien day <laughs> game over man that's what i should have said <laughs> <laughs>